Hey, welcome to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion podcast. So today um, we're getting to talk about George, you know, which is not just George's favorite topic, but it's also a really important topic because what George is going to talk about or what we're going to talk with George about is his London prep. And we're going to go all the way back to how he got to London and how getting to London actually started in Tokyo and uh, years ago, actually. He's going to talk a little bit about training without a coach and why he does that and some nutritional, I'll just call it experimentation uh, that has worked for him. And then we're going to talk maybe a little bit about adjusting training to your life. And of course, the most important part that we want to talk about is his kit. So over the next few minutes, you're going to get to hear about all that. And it's a really great podcast. The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is brought to you by Blue Pineapple Travel. Blue Pineapple Travel are experienced travel agents who help you design the perfect trip. They're all well-traveled and knowledgeable, and they will be your advocates from start to finish. The world is a lot different these days, and the agents at Blue Pineapple Travel are ready to help you safely navigate it. From helping you figure out the conscientious destinations to helping you figure out entry protocols for different countries, the agents at Blue Pineapple Travel are there for you. Looking to work abroad for an extended period of time? Looking to attend virtual school from a remote location? These are all things that Blue Pineapple Travel can help you do. Again, their website is bluepineappletravel.com. The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance. You can find them at itlcoaching.com. ITL Coaching and Performance exists to build a community of athletes set on reaching goals and serving the community. They have a passion for helping people achieve their goals and dreams. ITL coaches are real people with phones, emails, and the desire to spend time with you during your training. They are vested in their ITL athletes. ITL takes a communal approach to coaching, so there's always someone available to answer questions and to help adjust your training schedule. An ITL coach would be glad to meet with you and to chat about your goals and find the best plan to help you meet those goals. Again, their website is itlcoaching.com. And finally, the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by SlayRx. You can find those good folks at www.slayrx.com. Are you needing a pleasant spark to take your endurance game to the next level? Are you needing an all-natural, high-quality, customized hydration powder with or without sugar to stave off cramping and dehydration? Are you in need of an effective all-in-one fuel to slay your endurance efforts? Look no more. SlayRx. SlayRx has a really good line of products to serve our most pleasant exhaustion podcast listeners. Let's start with Michelle's favorite, Spark Plug, which replaces sports gel and gross post-race trips to the port johns It's a poppin' electrolyte powder in small, easily carried tubes. There's also an all-in-one endurance fuel. It has all of your electrolytes, clean fuel, and for no extra cost, your essential amino acids with or without caffeine. And it costs about one-third as much as other brands' combo rocket fuels. Finally, they have my favorite, SlayRx Hydrate Powder, which comes with or without sugar and varying strengths of electrolytes based on your individual needs. They can find those individual needs on the free quiz online at SlayRx.com or with in-person testing like Patrick and I did at their headquarters on podcast episode number 114. Hydrate is the fuel that I use during the Blue Ridge Relay this year, and I recommend it for all of you as well. Slayerx products are 100% natural, come in great flavors, are vegan friendly, and the Hydrate Light is keto friendly. They've all been well researched and developed by a UGA food scientist who's also an Ironman athlete. The products are tested by the pros and endorsed by your fellow endurance athletes and hardworking folks in the community. The free sweat quiz and their products can be found at SlayRx.com, on Amazon.com, or at your local run and bike shop if it's available. You can use the code PLEASANT22 for 10% off at their website. 
Thanks to SlayRx for sponsoring us, y'all. Give them a try. We appreciate our sponsors, and thanks to all of them for helping us bring you the Most Pleasant Exhaustion podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion podcast brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance, Blue Pineapple Travel, and SlayRx. My name is George Darden. I'm an endurance athlete and coach here in Atlanta, Georgia. I am a college professor. I'm a father of twin boys. My name is Michelle Frank. I am also an endurance athlete currently in Blue Ridge, Georgia. I am a CPA and a mom to three girls. And my name is Eric Hall. I'm an endurance athlete and coach in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm the father to three college students. I'm an engineer <laughs> and the husband to a beautiful wife, Melissa. Didn't you see one of those college students play soccer this morning? Uh, that was yesterday. Uh, yep. Vizumzi. Uh, uh, so Vizumzi plays for NC State, and he played the full 90 minutes of the game. Uh, wow. Also got to watch Callum, another of the players from South Africa, where we uh, went on our uh, – well, we, we coached, and that was our, our mission in South Africa. And then also got to watch uh, Junior Nare play. He's a – player from South Africa as well, who was on the national team with Vizumzi before he came over. So they all play for NC State. Uh, NC State played Virginia Tech. They won 1-0. Um, it was a beautiful you know, fall Friday evening. And uh, I wore my, I don't think I've showed you guys this, but I have a jersey now that has coach on the back of it. And Melissa has a jersey that has Chomi on the back. That's what Vizumzi calls her because when they changed their kit, they gave them the jerseys. And usually what they do is the, the players will put their names on the back because they're not allowed to have their names during the season. They just have NC state on the back, but he asked them to take those two jerseys and put coach on one and Chomi on the other. And he gave them to us. That's so, so cool. His jerseys from last season during the games. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really, really cool. So what's more enjoyable, like NC State men's soccer or professional women's soccer? There's only <laughs> one correct answer here. <laughs> NC State men's soccer. But oh, it's, not, on. it's not because of the, the, the quality. Um, it's not because of the level of play. It's because I'm watching, you know, Vizumzi play and Callum does, and Junior. So did, Does anybody at NC State kick the ball like Megan Rapino did last weekend? <laughs> I, I will admit there – they have a new player this year. Um, he actually played four years at Duke, and now he's, oh, wow. a, he's a grad student. So he's playing his fifth year, fifth year. here at NC State. And this kid, I call him a kid, but uh, he's he's a he's a man. Um, his last season, his last year at Duke, he I think he assisted one goal. And with the at the end of the third game with NC State, I think he had scored five. Mm -hmm. Wow. And he, he last night, he hit a bullet. I have no idea how the keeper got it, but he takes these shots from 35 yards out that you just see in the, you see in the professional leagues, you don't see this in, in college soccer. So he's exciting to play. Maybe not as sneaky as Megan Rapinoe's goal against the courage last weekend, but so, but yeah, that was pretty awesome. And, and the reason for those who don't know, the reason for Michelle's question is uh, Melissa <laughs> and I have also been attending the North Carolina Courage games recently. And last week they played against uh, 
um, Megan, or yeah, well, we won't get into that because that game, I didn't like the outcome of that game. But... <laughs> it's cool. So Rapino, it's cool. Rapino was the game changer. She made, she, she helped them out. So just a little, she helped the other team defeat the team that you were cheering for the courage. That is correct. Okay. Okay. So, so Michelle is low key talking trash to you right now is what you're saying. Yes. She oh is. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I got you. Very good. Very good. I think it was very low key, but yeah, she was talking trash. <laughs> uh, Michelle, we're recording on a Saturday, which is kind of weird. And I'll be putting this out either on Saturday or Sunday here before I leave for London tomorrow. But uh, let me wish you a very happy new year. Thank you. So very, what exciting uh, things are you doing to get ready for Rosh Hashanah? Oh, it's just a lot of cooking and a lot of making sure. I actually think I nailed it this year. Um, my kids all want like apples and honey is you know like you kind of see this motif everywhere but in the last few years trader joe's has come up with like whipped honey and maple butter and every different <laughs> variation that you could imagine for just what used to be you know like the uh honey that you get in kroger in like the little bear container mm -hmm. um so i think i nailed it because i i have uh regular honey i have whipped honey i have maple butter and i have whipped maple butter so I think we're we're going to be good to go. Wait, wait, so. you don't have whipped honey maple butter? Oh, I don't, man. I don't Come think on. that's a thing. That that would be like honey and maple. No, we're not doing that, Eric. That doesn't. <laughs> we're good. We're, we're stopping there. So and there's and there's yeah. all sorts of other traditional so foods for Rosh Hashanah too, like leeks and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So we typically for the last Dates. several years. Dates. Um. Yeah. So there's all this stuff. Like there's a whole thing before the meal where you kind of eat all those symbolic foods. I despise that. Mm. I do not like cooking. It's like probably eight or nine different small things. Um, so we do it with friends. They're neighbors now. They built a house next to my house. Um, so we so she does all of that. It's called stamanim. That's like a very Jewish word. Um, so Erica does all of that. And then I just do the rest of the meal. And then I have another friend coming and she just brings flowers for the table. So nice. I have, we have the oldest kids, like I've got, you know, a high school junior and they're very, they want the same meal every single year, my food, mm -hmm. our house. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's, that. it's a little bit like groundhog's day at this point for first night of Rosh Hashanah. So it's going to get more that way as they continue to get older, as they move away. And then when they come back, they're like, Oh mom, yeah. here we are for a stomatum or whatever you said it was called. <laughs> I made a new sweet potato dish this year and it's either going to go over great or it's just going to be a whole ordeal. Why'd you do this? Why didn't you do what you always do? You know, like, okay. All right, guys, it's all right. So very anyway. Good. Very <laughs> good. Very exciting. How's your running going? You have a uh, mountain mist registration is this week. So, uh, so is that, is that put it on your oh, radar gosh. here and, and, and perhaps on a, on a lighter note or on a better note, uh, the weather has cooled off significantly here in Georgia. You were talking about false fall or fake fall last time we were together. Um, yeah. I feel like we're in real fall now. I mean, at least according yeah. to the calendar, we're in real fall. But, you know, I went running immediately prior to our recording here, and it was 57 degrees at the start. I finished, and my hair was mostly dry. It was kind of strange. Yeah. So I think I mentioned last time we had that fake fall day, and I got through you know a pretty or at least in our text box if my socks are dry like i'm not sweaty <laughs> enough that the socks and shoes are drenched in sweat from a long run and right. um i did a long run this week i was at kennesaw 
really early Friday morning. Um, and it was amazing temperature and it was dark when I started and I thought I was going to be out there all alone, but shockingly, um, and I already told you guys this, I counted 61 people on the trail and I only counted the people that I ran by, not people in any of the parking lots. These are people that were actively moving on the trail. Um, so I think, you know, today kind of being the second day that we've woken up to cooler temperatures, uh, I'm very happy about it. And I can tell that, you know, other, other people are also, cause people are out and about. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think we have another, you know, I always get a little bit ahead of the foliage up, up in North Georgia. I, mm. I feel like it doesn't really come in for another month or so, mm. but as long as those morning temperatures are cool off, then I'm, I'm pretty happy. So very good. Very my my good. body just has to get used to to running like real mileage again. So, <laughs> that's a whole that's a whole other problem. <laughs> so Michelle, because we 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 record this as a Zoom, um, do you know what I'm doing right now? Since I just finished a run, also. So you're stretching. Okay. <laughs> because I didn't know if you knew what that was. So I brought the foam roller up to Blue Ridge. I just. <laughs> it's just you just still. didn't use it and all right so yes. so uh yeah. so michelle michelle wrote us yesterday that that she jumped in the car almost immediately after her doing her long run at uh kennesaw and and drove the 90 minutes or so up to blue ridge uh and by the time she got there her hamstrings were on fire such that she had to take 800 milligrams <laughs> of ibuprofen uh Thanks thereby sure. potentially nullifying the entire training effect you got from the run but you know that's what not I've... true <laughs> what are you talking about first of all i didn't take the ibuprofen till later in the day okay, okay. that nullified my run no, it didn't nullify your run, but there's plenty of research that shows that taking anti-inflammatories can can uh, compromise the training benefit of a run. Um, so you didn't nullify the entire benefit of the run. It's not nearly that significant, but um, that's one of the reasons why I, despite the fact that I spent a lot of time in pain because of my Achilles, which knock on wood has been fantastic for the past two weeks it's been like the best that it's been in five years in the past two weeks. I don't know why um, you'd ever say that publicly. But- but uh, yeah, I know, right? Um, so <laughs> knock on wood again, just for good point. measure. You hear me literally <laughs> knocking on the desk. Um, but uh, but uh, but no, that's one of the reasons why I, I probably take two hundred milligrams of ibuprofen maybe once every two months. I mean, um, I almost never take it. My ibuprofen was expired. If that just tells you <laughs> anything, but I just yeah, I was really 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 tight yesterday. So. Yeah. Um, and, and, that, and that's and that's the only times I ever take it is when it's like I'm in a pretty extreme situation and I was like this is beyond the pale um, and yeah. I need to and and I and it's compromising my ability to to go about the rest of my life. That's um, basically that's exactly yeah. what happened yesterday. Yeah. I was like I can't. I yeah, it was not good. So right. anyway, right. Uh, highly Very recommend good. stretching. Thanks yeah. for the tutorial, Eric. Absolutely. I'm, I'm probably going to be doing the same here in just a minute because I, I plopped down and started eating a bunch of stuff, but, uh, but, but haven't actually done any stretching just yet. So I'll probably be doing that halfway through the podcast too. We'll let Eric start talking and then we'll, we'll both start stretching a little bit more. Um, we'll have plenty of time. <laughs> I was out there. I was out there this morning uh, doing a run at Kennesaw with all the ultra runners, since all the ultra runners go out there and do their long runs on Saturday mornings rather than on Sunday mornings. Um, How can you stuff. tell their ultra runners, George? It's easy. Yes. It's like, tell well, us, I, George. I don't know why y'all, y'all can't tell an ultra runner when you see an ultra runner. Number one, they're wearing these massive packs and body packs and all that sort of thing. Number two, they're wearing t shirts that say 
you know, Marathon de Sabla, Badwater Ultra Marathon, things like that. Number three, they're wearing trucker hats. Number four, they have beards. Number five, they have trail shoes with gaiters. Number six, they have <laughs> the poles. gaiters. Like, like okay. all of these things make it plainly obvious who the trail slash ultra runners are versus like who the road runners and marathoners are. The, they're, they're the gaiters. Focus. They're wearing uh, ultras. ultras or they're wearing yeah. uh, five fingers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with gators. sandals. With gators and a massive pack and often with poles. And and usually, frankly, too, because I like I said, I didn't start my run until almost 930 because it's gorgeous weather and because I'm prioritizing sleep because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a week out uh, from from a marathon. Um, but um, but you could tell, too, that by the time I was passing them at 930 or 10, they'd been out there for a while. <laughs> I believe yeah. that. They, they had that, they had that slow gait. They were, they were tired looking Their Their heads were down. They were, they were, they were, they have been putting in some work since, you know, 6am and stuff. So what's um, the farthest you've ever given somebody to run at Kennesaw or you've run yourself? I've ever given somebody to run yeah. or that I've or run you, myself. Yeah. Um, the farthest I've ever run myself at Kennesaw is 35 miles. Um, the farthest Damn. that I've ever given somebody to run at Kennesaw is like three, four hours. hours. Like yeah. Two, like, yeah, not, not a even. lot. Um, not a lot. I've, I've never co coached an ultra marathoner who did the bulk of their training at Kennesaw, except for you. Um, and so, so I've never, I've never had any, the, the, the ultra marathoners that I've coached that, that were putting in like big stacked runs and things like that. Um, um, I've never, I've never had any of them that were based around Kennesaw Mountain. So they've never actually done that. But I mean, those big stacked runs, that's one of the reasons why you see all the ultra runners on, on Saturdays. That's one of the reasons sure. why it's such a cultural part of ultra running is doing your long runs on Saturday. It's because so many of them come back with another hour and a yeah. half or so on Sunday. On Sunday, sure. <laughs> you know, um, they might not necessarily be doing it at Kennesaw after they did three or four hours there. But uh, but but yeah, um, stacking together those runs, as Eric knows well, um, is, uh, is a big part of training for ultra marathons. Yeah. Um, Kennesaw is just not a place where, I mean, 35 miles there just sounds awful. I don't know. I had a really good run that day and I was training for a 50 mile at the time, which I never ended up competing in. Um, but, uh, but that's what I had in mind. That's what my coach at the time had given me. So, cool. so yeah, I ran two big laps around the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a long time ago. Um, but maybe I'll be doing that again. I'm, I'm toying with some ultra things over the course of the next couple of years here, but we'll see whether my Achilles is able to keep feeling good. Um, but Okay. Well, speaking of that last two weeks, are you uh, leaving for a marathon this week? Maybe, you know, I am tomorrow, so Sunday afternoon. So tomorrow is the Berlin marathon. So, so tomorrow is the 25th of September and that's Berlin. Um, and we'll talk about that here in just a minute, but then a week after that, of course, is London because as they did last year, um, as they did a couple of years ago, uh, London has shifted to the fall, um, uh, in order to try and give the pandemic an opportunity to blow over a little bit. It's going back to its regular April date next year in 2023, but, uh, but yeah, it's going to be on October 2nd of 2022 this year. And, and of course I got in via the, uh, world marathon major age group championship, which I qualified for by running that, uh, that virtual marathon on uh, on Collins Drive with the help of Tiago Bianchini last uh, last May. So um, so yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm fit. I'm ready to go. I got my my Puma Fast R's 
Awesome. Um, which, uh, which I've now done a couple of workouts in, including a workout outside that went well. Um, I literally woke up the, the Monday after the Blue Ridge Relay and had a text from friend of the podcast, Lee Ragsdale, um, who uh, there was just a link to their website, which they just, after putting it off and putting it off and putting it off and me just sort of writing it Quietly off and I wasn't it. going to, to, to get them. They just, yeah, just sort of nonchalantly posted on their website. And so I, I quickly um, ordered a pair and got them. Okay. Um, so if, if a listener hasn't heard the previous 229 episodes of the most pleasant <laughs> exhaustion podcast, can you give us a little bit of background from the first time you registered and planned to run London until now? Because yeah. we've we've been planning London Marathon for George. This is this send off is like I need you like on the plane, checked in at the you know get got a bib number. I need I need you to like start the race okay, before well, I believe so, it's happening. So yeah, it really and truly goes back to 2019. I um, believe that because <laughs> it was it was the summer of 2019 when my wife almost offhandedly said, and my wife who works in the travel industry, the owner of Blue Pineapple Travel, um, says. The flights to Japan are really good right now. Have you ever considered doing the Tokyo Marathon? And I was like, oh, "Thanks, Casey." Okay. Um, <laughs> and so, and so, I I look into it, and I find that there's this particular category that that would qualify me for the Tokyo Marathon, and I sign up for the marathon, uh, Tokyo Marathon, and and I'm accepted, and and that kind of plants in my head the seed of doing all six marathon majors, right? And so I end up signing up for Berlin in 2020 as well um, with the same thing using a, a qualifying time. And so Berlin and Tokyo were supposed to both be in 2020. And then I was going to try and figure out some way of getting into London in 2021 or so. And I was going to complete my sixth scar, right? So that, that, that kind of came onto my radar. Well, for me, London, unless I was going to do a charity slot, London was always going to be the most difficult one to get into because um, I could get in via because qualifying it is that time difficult. for all the rest of them. But unless you live in the UK, there's not a qualifying time. Um, you have to get in via ballot. Um, and so I ultimately found that if I qualified for the World Marathon Majors Age Group Championship and they decided to put it in London, then I could potentially use that as my way of getting into London. Um, but then, of course, the whole world shuts down and, and everything else, as you know, and, and, and that put up the whole thing. And so now Tokyo is put off till 2023, maybe, because that's still a question mark. Berlin is definitely put off till 2023. And London here, I was able to, to, to find a way to get in. And in fact, they put the, the age group championship in 2022 in London. Um, and so now it's going to end up being my fourth star rather than my last one. So it was supposed to be my final star in 2021. Got it. And now it's going to be my fourth star in 2023. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how the age group world championship works. Like, what did you, what did you run to get in? And what are you hoping to, like, are yeah. you hoping to place when you're there or yeah. Like, yeah, what does it look like for the old people? Well, like so, you? Well, so, so it's interesting. Yeah. It, it is an age group championship. So it's only for masters runners. Um, right. and so it's, you know, 40 to 44, 45 to 49 and all the way up onto 80 plus. Right. Um, and Wanda, who owns the the World Marathon Majors, also, as you know, owns Ironman now. And so in some ways, I think it kind of mirrors um, the AWA, the all world athlete process that they have in Ironman. Um, but what you have to do is, is you have to do um, at least two races um, that that are certified by World Marathon Majors 
as qualifying races. And so, of course, that includes all of their races. But then over the course of the last few years, they've expanded it out to lots of other races as well, like the Flying Pig Marathon and the Miami Marathon. All these other marathons you can now see when you go on their website that they are qualifiers for the World Marathon Majors uh, uh, age, age group, group championship. Yep. And so once you place or once you finish at one of those races, you get a certain number of points. Um, and based on how you how you place relative inside your age group and or to particular benchmark times. Um, okay. And then they take your two best races. So if you're in 20 of those marathons over the course of the year, uh, during the qualifying window, they take your two best ones, your two highest point totals. They add those together. Um, and then they invite the top 25, top 50, top 70, depending on the size of the age group. Um, they invite those people to the World Marathon Majors Age Group Championship, wherever it's going to be for the following year. Um, cool. Um, it is pretty cool. They just announced, as a matter of fact, that next year it's going to be a Chicago Marathon. Um, oh, that's so, pretty so, cool. Yeah. So in 2023, it's going to be the Chicago Marathon, which is October of 2023. Um, so, so it's the first time we've had in North America. But for so for me, you used the virtual. Yeah. Did so you for me, also use Flying well, Pig or? I, I, I didn't because Flying Pig at the time Too wasn't actually ago. a qualifier. Okay. Um, it, yeah, it was, it was prior to applying pig becoming, becoming, uh, the a qualifier and it was before the qualifying window. So Got for it. me, I kind of had an eye on this and I was trying to come up with different combinations of marathons where I would be able to get enough points to get in. And again, remember this was me to say, I want to go to the championship. I sure hope it's in London, but I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Cause it could have been in Boston and I probably still would have gone, but you know, it wouldn't have been as much fun. Um, because the whole point was for me to try and check London off the list. Um, but, um, but then they announced last year, uh, in early 2021, they were doing this virtual marathon. That's when, you know, virtual marathoning was still kind of about the only option, um, in most places. Um, and, uh, and they said, okay, if you take part in this virtual marathon, if you place well, um, we're going to be passing out invitations, qualifiers to the world marathon majors, age of championship in 2022 via this virtual marathon. Um, and that to me seemed like a really good opportunity. <laughs> yeah. You um, made the, the most yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so I, as it happened, I was signed up for the Eugene marathon, which also said, well, we're not going to have that. So it's going to be virtual. And so I went out on May 1st of 2021. Um, I reached out to a few friends and as I mentioned before, my friend Tiago, um, uh, stepped up for me, um, and, uh, and went out and did five and a half laps around the flat, uh, section of Columns Drive, which is well known to Atlanta to athletes and triathletes, um, and uh, and ran 242. Um, and I was surprised I ran that fast, but I was happy that I did. Lots of my yeah. friends came out and cheered for me and stuff, which was super cool. Um, you know, they just kind of drove out there and, and cheered. And then there were several people at the finish line, which was just really kind of a fun. It, it turned out being much more of an event than I thought it was going to be, or kind of a meaningful thing for me. Um, and, uh, and that finished me high enough that they gave me an invitation. And then six months after I get that invitation, they announced that yes, indeed, it was going to be at London. Be in London. <laughs> cool. So, so yeah. Um, so, so basically it all kind of worked out for me for, for, for as many things that haven't worked out for me and that haven't worked out for all of this over the course of the past couple of years. Um, this one actually really worked out well for me. Um, uh, and then I, I, have motivated to do well. I, uh, I struggled a little bit, uh, throughout the course of the past couple of years to stay fit. Uh, my body composition certainly changed. 
Um, but uh, over the course of the past two months, I've kind of gotten a handle on things and I've done some really, really good training over the course of the past couple of months. Um, and now we're we're officially and I feel like today we're officially into taper. Today, sure. I definitely ran less far than I would have otherwise had it not been for the fact that I'm tapering. So, so, so yeah, I'm excited. Um, Um, I know you've told us a little bit about the altitude training that you've done um, here in Atlanta indoors at elemental altitude, which is sort of a new, uh, I guess a new venture in a, in a marathon buildup for you, but did you change, did you change anything else this time? I mean, for those who don't know, you're mostly, you're pretty much self-coached, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm self-coached just because I have to, I have to be, um, I, I, I changed and I say I have to be because, no, no running coaches want to have me do the cycling that I do. And no multi-sport coaches want to coach people that only race marathons. Right. Um, and so at so, least that we've found so far, at least that we've found so far. <laughs> you're right. Um, I don't so, find many that encourage running like the Blue Ridge Relay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, and, and, and yeah. And Eric, you make an excellent point. That's that totally is a good true point. <laughs> that for the last two years I have done and you all have made fun of me about this. Deservedly so I have done whatever the fuck I want to do as far as like competition goes. <laughs> I mean, and so, and and that's how I've kept my, my, my motivation over the course of the past couple of years. I've been racing on Zwift, doing these virtual races, you know, oh, an ultra marathon. Sure. Oh, wait, I'm signed up for a a marathon this week or a half marathon this weekend. I think I'll swip to the marathon. (laughs) And then two weeks later, I'll do another marathon. Like that's just how I've, that's how I've kept going. Right. Um, And, and I'm glad that I did that um, because we all know plenty of people who didn't keep going. Um, over the course of the last couple of years or who fell so far off the wagon that they're struggling probably ever to get back on it. Um, and so for me, I was able to keep going. But yeah, I, I, I appreciate your mention that because you're totally right that that's a part of it too. Um, now that things are starting to return back to normal, I probably could renew my search for a coach who would be willing to in, indulge me if I wanted to, but I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, I... Uh, I, I introduced those those elemental altitude sessions. I did a whole lot more two a days this time around um, than I yes, have in the past. Um, <laughs> yeah, like doubling up not only like run days, um, and I did that in part because um, I found it was a lot easier when my wife goes out of town for me to do um, two five mile runs or two six mile runs than to do a single twelve mile run first thing in the morning before I drop before my sons get up. Sure. Um, I found that was a lot easier to manage. That was a lot easier to do. Um, and then also um, doing a lot of like uh, runs after I do a bike workout in the morning, I would come back and do a second workout and it would also be a hard workout, but it would be on the run. Um, I've done that in the past, but I, I leaned into that much more heavily this time around. Um, cool. So, yeah, I mean, and and then the one the one piece of motivation that I'd often missed over the course of the past couple of years is actually doing like long runs, like runs of two hours or more. Um, and Chris Nasser, um, who's a friend of ours. Yeah, um, I saw you ran um, some with him. I ran a little bit with him. I even ran with with former co-host uh, Patrick Ollinger one time. And so I kind of made a point to reach out to a lot more people to, to make sure that I had that in there, too. Um, and then of course, probably the biggest difference besides the elemental altitude sessions, um, is, uh, is having the blue Ridge relay only three weeks beforehand, (laughs) (laughs) um, which I think I actually have, I think I've done okay with that. We'll see. Right. Um, but it's hard for me to believe Eric, that was only two weeks ago. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think that I've actually integrated that. Okay. The other big thing I changed is that about six weeks ago, 
I just had this like breakdown because my body composition changed so much over the course of the pandemic. Um, I had gained about 10 pounds, but it was actually worse than that because I think that my lean muscle mass probably decreased. And so between like 10 pounds, wasn't just 10 pounds. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. I'd, I'd also gotten weaker and less muscular, um, plus gaining weight. Um, and so I really felt as if, as if I had lost a lot of really deep core strength and stuff like that. Um, and I was just having a hard time getting all of that back, um, and, and trying to lose those last few pounds. I reached out to a bunch of different nutritionists. Um, and the one thing that came back a lot was, uh, paleo for athletes, which I was not at all excited about because that's a lot of meat. That's a lot of animal products. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but, um, and, and my wife doesn't eat meat. And so we weren't going to be cooking a whole lot of meat around here. And so, so it was like, how are we actually gonna make this work? I ended up actually signing up for a meal delivery service. Okay. Um, and they delivered several meals, um, uh, many of which had, you know, they had all the macronutrients on it and I lowered the number of carbohydrates, not nearly to nothing, 200 a day. And so, so 200 grams a day. Um, but then, and then raised up the amount of, of protein that I was eating, Quit eating grains, quit eating most dairy. I still put dairy, uh, milk in my tea in the morning, but that's it. Um, uh, quit eating uh, beans, quit eating all sorts of other things that that I really enjoy. <laughs> this is um, sounds awful. Uh, sounds I mean, it's it's not terrible. awful if you if, if you like meat, eggs, and fruit. It's not awful. I this sounds no, terrible. Yeah. Um, George, but, do you ever? But do you it ever has, wonder? It, 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 it definitely accomplished the goal of making me far leaner. Um, like almost to an alarming degree. Uh, okay. And so, but, so, so I'm, I'm definitely leaner. My body composition has definitely gotten much more back to, to what I have competed at in the past. And so that's good. Is it a short-term yeah. solution though? Do you yes. feel? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Do you yeah. think that it's, 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 and it's a short-term solution, not only because of what I prefer, just in terms of what I eat. I don't need a lot of processed foods anyway. Right. And I'll probably continue to eat maybe a little bit less dairy than I had in the past. That's why that, but, but more than that, beyond preferences, it's an ethical thing. Um, like I'm not okay ethically with eating this much meat. Um, well, I know I Casey is not okay with yeah, you eating this. I, much I, I, I think my carbon footprint over the course of the past six weeks has probably tripled because I've eaten so much more meat. Um, and I'm not okay with that. Um, and so, so yeah, it's a short-term thing. And then, um, if, if I decide before my next marathon for the Tokyo marathon, that, that, that I want to do it for a short term as well. I'll probably do it again then. Um, but, but I think that's, that's about as, as good as it's going to be. Um, the, the question for me at this point is I'm wondering, cause you cut out so much stuff, right? So you cut out dairy, you cut out grains, you cut out beans, you cut out like all of these different things that I normally eat so much more of. Um, and I'm like, okay, which one of these things was it? Sure. <laughs> um, it's hard to know if you, you cut know, it all out together. Like, yeah. And, 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 you, and of course you raise the amount of protein that you eat. Right. And so I'm, I'm like, all right, which one of these things was it? And maybe I can just kind of keep on doing that one thing, but not all the rest of them or figure out a way that, that for me, ethically, morally, it works still. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. It's cutting right. out the cheese. So probably man. So, which that's, actually, that's I have one missed... thing I can't get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't missed cheese. I've missed yogurt. Um, oh, yeah. Usually when I, when I'm like really watching what I eat, I eat a lot of yogurt um, I, and, and different like 
skier and kefir and Greek yeah. yogurt. I mean, like I, I eat a lot of, and I haven't eaten any of that in six weeks. Um, messed up, man. So, totally yeah. messed up. Man, yeah, so, George, so everybody's gonna be drinking beers on the finish. So I'm gonna be eating yogurt. If an athlete came to you six to eight weeks before an A goal, an A a goal race, and said, "I want to go paleo or whatever," I mean, you would not. You would. Would you be okay with that? No. Right. <laughs> so, and my it's other question back, is, but, 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 but you have to you have to remember too, though, and this is this is another reason maybe why why I. Uh, I don't have a coach It's because I've always been more comfortable as an athlete experimenting on myself than I am on the athletes that I coach. I hear like, that. Like a, like a lot of the stuff I do on myself and with myself, I'm much more comfortable making myself do not because they're stupid, but no, this for, is kind of stupid. Maybe could, okay, maybe. But, but I, I was going to say edgy. <laughs> Um, because, because some, because some of them are, are, are kind of edgy and some of them are, are, are just like a lot, right? Some, I mean, some of them are just, you know, I, okay. So this past Wednesday, I had an hour and a half long bike and this is my last big massive day, right? I have an hour and a half long trainer road group workout, a bike workout, um, which is focused on like threshold and some, some under overs, right? And so the, the sorts of things you would focus on the, the systems, the, the lactate shuttling system, as people are calling it right now, um, that you need to focus on for, for a marathon, right? And then I changed clothes. I took my sons to school um, and I drove to the river and I did a, a long workout at the river with about an hour's rest, right? And it, was, and it was hard, but it was a really good workout. And I paid attention to recovering the, next, the remainder of the day and the next day. Um, and I think I'm better off for having done that. I would never put that on an athlete schedule now i might put it on an athlete schedule if they were like getting ready for the ironman world championships or something like that like they're sure. that level of athlete and and they're getting ready for a long race and something like that like i might do it then but if somebody's trying to run a marathon i would definitely not have an hour and a half long bike workout followed by an hour and a half long running workout i know i don't just, i just don't think you're setting a very good example i mean i i Fair. hope it works well for you for london but i sometimes wonder like i feel like you've experimented with all of these different nutritional pathways over the past few years like have, yeah. the vegan the paleo like mm -hmm. i wonder do you think maybe if you hadn't adjusted this chemistry in your body and messed with your metabolism like do you think if you would just kind of just stayed status quo that like you'd be okay like you wouldn't be or do you just, did you like all of these experiments? Like, yeah, that's a fair question. I like, first of all, yeah, I like all the experiments. Um, I, I, I like experimenting. I, li I like changing it up. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah. Um, because I think that's how you ultimately get to a place where, where you find out what really works. Right. I mean, as, as try as it sounds, nothing, but they're so extreme. Changes, You're right. Yeah. I mean, so, so, so if you really want to see a change, then, then you need to change things up. Plus remember I've been doing, I've been a runner for 30 years. And so, so you, you, you can't do the exact same thing for 30 years and, and expect results to continue. Um, yeah. so, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm good with experimenting. My, my life has changed in that 30 years, obviously, you know, sure. I've gone from being a high school senior to being a father of twin eight-year-olds. Um, and so that, 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 that makes for a much different time. I've gotten three degrees along the way. Um, and, and so you have to adjust your, your training to your life and what That's your a goals good point. are, yeah. you know, um, so, so all that what stuff. Is, 
What does pre-race fueling look like for you this week then? Gosh, gonna... I didn't know this was going to turn into a whole, uh, but <laughs> oh, I, this I like good. this. This is <laughs> good. Um, I, you know, so it's next year when I do Berlin, my son, so this, this dovetails with my son's fall break. And, and so we're leaving tomorrow a week ahead of the race. And so we'll be in London for a week ahead of the race. And I have to try and keep up basically this general pattern of eating for a week. And I've been tracking it too, by the way, I have an app that I've been tracking it on. So I've actually been looking at the macro macronutrients and stuff and, and have goals as far as those things then goes, which is a pain in the ass, which I hate, which I, which I will stop doing that after London. I'm just sick of tracking what I eat. Yeah. It gets exhausting. The tracking. It, it totally yeah. does. Um, it's the one thing that across every diet has been proven to actually be successful is try is writing down yeah. everything that you eat. It's and true. I totally understand the psychology of it, but it, it just becomes exhausting. Yeah. Um, for sure. And, and so, Michelle, the CPA will probably be the first to say tracking your expenses and stuff like that. Is yeah. Like the best yeah way. But I find tracking food to, it brings me on this like border of disordered eating stuff i just can't yeah i could see that but george what would be an example of you know the a lunch and a dinner the day before the marathon from a previous marathon buildup versus what you're going to try to eat in london i don't think it'll be that different okay um that's what um I'm... i mean it, it might it might have more protein like, are your it? glycogen stores totally are they different now like do you think okay, you so, have so the, like I, i'm so i don't so, understand so, why so you're it, doing so it this. is interesting the first two weeks that i was doing it my legs felt a little bit empty and I was like, I might have really screwed myself here. Um, so, the, 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 so, so they, they felt kind of empty and then they just kind of adjusted. Um, now granted, I haven't, I haven't done a long race here. I've done some long workouts, but I haven't, you know, we'll see what happens after the 20 mile mark of the marathon here. Um, and I'm definitely not fueling differently during the race, by the way. Um, Got I'm, it. There, I'm not, I'm not like going to be taking shots of olive oil or some bullshit like that. During the race. <laughs> like that's done. Um, um, and so, so I'm, I'm definitely going to be fueling the race the way that I've, I've, that I've proven to myself that I fuel well during races using, using water and gel. Um, and, uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna be silly like that. Um, but no, I, I don't think what I eat the day before is gonna be all that much different. Um, you know, I'll eat fruits and vegetables and probably more protein than I normally would. Um, but that's, that's kind of, and, and less dairy, <laughs> less dairy. Um, yeah. But, but I mean, that's, that's kind of what I would normally eat anyway. I won't be having any rice and beans or anything like that, but you know, um, but, but I, I don't know that I would normally have that anyway. I think the big difference will probably be that, that I'll be relying more heavily on, on fruit as a, as a carbohydrate source rather than and vegetables, rather than potatoes, sweet potatoes. Um, but that's than, not necessarily new for you. Right. Right. That, that's something you've been doing for years. Right. Right. Yeah. Fr fr fruit and vegetables is something that, that I, I made a big shift in my diet as far as that goes several years ago, as opposed to like pasta and, 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 and that sort of thing. So, so yeah, you're right. That's not a huge change. Um, uh, the, the, the biggest change with this is taking out the beans, taking out the rice, taking out the grains, taking out the milk and, and adding the, adding more meat and, and, and eggs. That's been a big change. So, this time. so what are the macronutrients then? Like, um, I've been, I've been focusing on getting, uh, 200 grams a day of carbohydrates, 150 grams a day of protein, um, and, uh, 70 grams a day of fat. And where does the 200 grams of carbohydrates come from? You're Most, saying that's mostly fruit, mostly fruit. Mm -hmm. mostly fruit and some vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly fruit and some fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it definitely took me a little, it took me a little while to logistically adjust to it, to figure it out. 
Um, and there's definitely a few things I'm still doing in order to pump up those protein numbers that feel very odd. Like I, I want a snack in the afternoon. Like I get hungry. And, and are you eating, eating like hard boiled eggs? Yeah. Instead of eating an apple, I'll eat, um, uh, I'll eat like a, 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 a turkey stick um, or, or like some, so like some tuna fish. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. That's been weird. I, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A turkey stick. I mean, like, like it's like a slim gym type thing. I was yeah. gonna, yeah. That's what I'm picturing. Like jerky yeah. or something. Yeah. I don't like know. Jerky. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. <sighs> oh gosh. Um, or, or like a can of tuna fish, which I really weird. hope you don't implode in London. Me too, man. <laughs> well, whether, whether I had changed my eating or not, I would be hoping to not implode in London, but I feel good. I feel fit. I feel strong. Um, and I feel, and I feel light. I feel like my, my, I can, I can look in the mirror. Um, I can, I have various telltale signs, the bend of my shoulders um, and stuff like that, that. I feel like that, that psychologically I'm, I'm, is so much better for you going mm-hmm. into the race than it where is. you were like six to eight weeks ago. Yeah. No, I was, like, in, a, even I was if in a you, bad place six to eight weeks even ago. Even if you didn't have even like the psych the psychology of that like feeling good feeling fit looking good you know, liking the way your clothes fit on race day mm-hmm. i sometimes wonder if that can supersede some type of like carbohydrate or nutritional deficit like the mental over i mean obviously at some point it can't um mm-hmm. but there has to be like an edge there for sure absolutely i mean so, yeah go ahead, Brent, go ahead um george can you go into your race day kit yes Okay, so, so as you you can answer Michelle's question there, but then then let's go into the race day kit and maybe the the story behind the kit. I think hold on, Eric. Who spends more time picking out their race day outfits, Michelle or George? George, George. Yeah, George. that's easy. Yeah, I, I I will own that. Yeah, yeah. I have no problem saying that at all. I am like the male in that relationship. So, so yeah, I have no problem like... saying that at all. All right, so so, so but, what did but, but even, even that is problematic because like like when I first oh, started thinking about this a couple of months ago, <laughs> I was freaking out because I was like, none of the singlets are gonna fit me and they're gonna be too tight. And and that was true. And now my singlets fit, you know. Your um, Poshmark singlets, let's just be very clear here that so, so, you, yeah, you went I, I ordered, to all I ordered, the links. I ordered a to... TNG singlet. I did, I did. Um, but then my I pulled up a bunch of like fun looking singlets and showed them all to my sons, and they were adamant that the one that i should choose is the one it's a singlet it's made by a uh a danish manufacturer called sansky um that looks like a hawaiian shirt it has parrots on it doesn't it so it has parrots on it yeah. it has like birds of paradise the flower um and uh and it's, it's a blue background it's gorgeous um the only problem with it is that it had a big bright logo for the company like right in the dead middle of your chest and I so, hated I sh- that. so i sharpied that in <laughs> um and so so that it's it's still there but you catch you can't see it it doesn't quite stand out as much and so 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 i think that that's going to work out pretty well okay so you have a do-it-yourself uh race jersey that has hawaiian and parrots on it yes indeed and then what do you black shorts so i'm gonna wear the same shorts i always do so the okay. the, fu- the fusion so black boring. shorts i've worn yeah. in every race yeah and so okay so I, I i could not quite bring myself to uh to, <laughs> to to do something different with the shorts now if i if i decide to do like a rebound race in november which i am thinking about because it seems really hard to imagine that my 2022 is gonna be over in, in the first weekend of october um, and so maybe if I do some races in, in, in November and stuff, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll mix up my shorts choices here. We'll see. But, um, 
but probably yeah, better no, so to try wearing, that in a shorter we're, distance. We're wearing the black shorts. We had been going back and forth on various socks to wear because the Deviate Nitro Elites are kind of boring looking shoes. But then the Fast R Nitro Elites are not boring looking shoes. They look like they are on literally on fire. Um, and so they are they are bright yellow and orange and pink and black. Um, are they more so, neon than the colors in the jersey? Or is the jersey oh, yeah. more primary? So oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, no. So you'll but, just wear plain socks with those so, shoes. So I'm gonna please. wear plain socks with those shorts. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably I'll probably wear plain black socks because the shoes are so loud. Cool. Um, and then uh, and then I actually got a new pair of sunglasses. I got a red pair of sunglasses and a order pair of gooder to, sunglasses. So, so no, uh, <laughs> a pair a pair of Nate Sport sunglasses. The, uh, the 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 brand I always go with. Um, I actually reached out to them and said, said I don't like the color of lenses on your red frames. Can you can you put the other? And they said yes. And so they actually made me a pair that that looks the way I wanted to look and didn't charge That's me anything awesome. extra. Um, and so they're red. And so so I'm hoping that the red on the sunglasses will pull the red off of the uh, the parrots on the the, the same Ooh, one that's gonna look good <laughs> i'm gonna get a haircut too yeah you could use that i could i could my hair is a little bit too long now so i'm gonna get a little bit of a haircut i haven't gotten a haircut um and then uh, i used to always get my haircuts before big races and i haven't done that in a long time and i'm gonna reinstitute that price practice at least for this one i'm also gonna reinstitute a practice i haven't done in several years before big races of using temporary tattoos um and so, so I got, what are the tattoos so, well, I, I asked my sons what they wanted the tattoos that represented them to be. Um, and one of them said that a chicken smiling and the other one said a pair of glasses. And I struggled to find temporary tattoos that, that looked like those things. And so so I'm going to have to just probably just put a letter Q and a letter C for the first letters <laughs> in their names. Um, I need to get an, an ITL coaching and performance uh, temporary tattoo. I'll probably stick that somewhere on my arm. Um, and then I have I ordered a whole sheet of, of tattoos of, of a taper, the animal taper. Um, and, and that represents all my Blue Ridge Relay buds. And so I'm going to put that one on my forearm where I can see it as well. Cool. We just yeah. did a whole podcast about George. Yes, we did. <laughs> it's about damn time. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, this was great. This, this turned into an interview and, and some insight into George's process. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there, there, there's definitely a lot to it. Not all of which is necessarily. Uh, uh, I mean, London's a pretty big deal. It's not, it you is. know, it's, it's, it's across a the pond and it's a championship race and mm -hmm. it's been mm -hmm. a few years since, you know, like people have really gotten to toe the line at one of these big races in a way that's kind of yeah. meaningful and important to them. So, yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's, and that's a big thing about it. This is the first race I've really run since, I guess, even, even flying pig in 2019, um, yeah, but you did. That or, was such or, a good or, race well, for you. Well, since since LA in 2020, I guess. But even that was a little bit off because I was getting ready for Tokyo, and then Tokyo got canceled and stuff like that, you know. And so, so this is the first race that I'm going into that I feel really good about my training. I feel really good about my preparation. Um, I I feel really good about just just everything that I've done. Uh, I feel really good about how my body feels right now. Um, and so, you know, obviously we're knocking on wood here. Um, but and, and it also checks a lot of boxes with like where I am right now in my life. Like my family's going with me. And so we're combining with a family trip. And so I get to spend a time, uh, you know, a week with my people in the family and stuff like that. Um, and that's just, I, I, I'm so much about that right now, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I, I'm super excited about this. Um, uh, it's um, going to be a lot of fun and, and, and we're definitely ready to hit the road. So cool. be good. Well, there is, there's, there's some good elites running. My yeah. man, Kenanisa Bekele is entered. The um, men, the so, men have 
Yeah, the women's field is pretty sparse. Yeah, well, the women's field is not sparse. It has the current world record holder and the defending gold medalist. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I, in my, I, I keep on looking at the time and thinking I really want to shift to talk about Berlin for just a second before we right, end right, the podcast. Right. But yeah, the London fields are awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, the, yeah, the, the Berlin the... fields for tomorrow are. Uh, I mean, I feel like. Should we talk about that for a minute? Or? Yeah, we can talk about it for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> I'm probably minute. going to, yeah, I, I was planning on going to the expo like the day before, but because there's a rail strike the day before and because uh, Ken and Isabekle and Mo Farah are being interviewed at the uh, at the expo on Thursday, I think I'm You're probably going, going, on going to the expo on Thursday. Instead. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's going to be super fun. On Thursday night, um, I get to have dinner in London with a few of my training partners. And so you have uh, my family, obviously the four of us, but then uh, Caitlin Burris and Jonathan Burke. Um, Jonathan's actually running the Berlin Marathon tomorrow. Um, and then, and then Caitlin, is he running? Oh, Caitlin's, no, running, Caitlin's London. running the London Marathon. So so they're part of the the people that I've done just loads of um, of workouts, workouts with, with over the course past year um, on the bike on the virtual trainer road platform. And then cool. the person who is undoubtedly my most consistent training partner over the course of the past two years is Lindsay Weibel. Um, and she's doing the London Marathon. Um, That's so and cool. so, so she'll have dinner with us on Thursday night as well. Um, and, uh, and I get to share another world marathon major course with her because she and I ran New York together back in 2016. And um, you guys already have your dinner plans. So we do, we're eating at the, uh, the, the restaurant in our, uh, in our hotel. Did Casey make everyone's travel plans? No, uh, she oh, made, wow. she made our <laughs> travel plans, which means that we are staying in a gorgeous hotel (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing Um, so yeah it's gonna be super cool and then while we're there like we'll go see the road doll house um and stuff like that um and and we talked about going to stonehenge we'll go like to to the tower of london and things like that so that'd be super cool um but then yeah jonathan is running uh shout out to jonathan who is running uh berlin tomorrow um uh, and he'll be sharing the field of course with uh kira damato and elliot kipchoge yeah Um, good luck jonathan so good luck to, to Jonathan as well. Yeah, yeah sure. Berlin, I guess because London came into the fall, you know, yeah. there's, I mean, we have two, a world record and an American record, a world record on the men's side attempt at Berlin tomorrow and a American record again, attempt at Berlin uh, by Chiara D'Amato. But otherwise the elite fields are kind of sparse for Berlin this year. Yeah. They're just kind of, there's, I think a lot of people went to London. Yeah. Or Chicago, right? I mean, just yeah. it's too it's too many high high class, high quality marathons right there in a row for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting though because Berlin has, I think, the most predictable weather of the six mm-hmm. world marathon majors. Um, but they're just not getting the big elite field this year. But that's okay. Should be. Uh, but they're getting the man. They're, anyway. get, they're getting yeah. the goat. So yeah, you know, getting- Elliot, Elliot Kipchoge is is doing what he does, and he's going to places he likes you know he likes london too obviously he's won there five times but yeah um, but he likes berlin that's where he set his world record i think that he's looking to run really really fast again so so yeah so are you gonna get up at 3 a.m i was gonna ask you the same question (laughs) so eric and and michelle are either of you gonna get up at 3 a.m to uh to to watch the so you know what i can do is maybe i think it starts at 3 15 eastern okay so a.m the since the 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 world cycling championships are going on this week um, and, and they're in Australia, which means that if you want, and, and so the men's road race world championship is tomorrow, starting at about noon, which means it starts at like 11 o'clock PM tonight, PM. Saturday night here. <laughs> so maybe I can just stay up and watch that. 
That's, and then that's just keep be it great. going and just do an all-nighter and watch that's the a, Berlin That's a really marathon. good way to prioritize sleep before yeah, a goal so. marathon. Yeah, right, right, yeah. yeah. I'm prioritizing my sleep before the delirium 24 at the end of October. <laughs> so I don't think I'll be executing that plan. <laughs> so so maybe, so maybe I should probably prioritize my sleep here before the London Marathon, which is the beginning of October. You know, based on what we just talked about, this is a lot of um, out there type preparation for a marathon. So I, I feel like, you know, that might work for you. I think, <laughs> you <know. laughs> that would be a good way just to, to one, one last piece of experimentation. No, sleep. right. Yeah. We had talked about, um, we had talked about uh, covering um, Killian Jornet's article mm. on his training a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, you could probably write one of these also, but I would definitely start off like he did, where he says each of us is in a very, is very different. So Absolutely. copy slash paste or to adapt this plan to yourself without first analyzing what your different capacities are would probably be a big mistake. <laughs> Agreed. 100% Killian. He is 100% right. Yeah, we had talked about doing that and, and we had talked about doing it today, but 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 we ended up not being able to do it today. So we will do that soon, folks. We promise. Um, and uh, it, it was interesting. And of course, speaking of the goat, um, you could you could definitely make the argument that, that he's the goat when it comes to, to, to ultra running. Yeah. Um, well, sure. just... To answer your question, I don't usually set an alarm for these middle of the night uh, world marathon majors or events mm -hmm. that are in Europe, but I just, I wake up for it. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't have to set an <laughs> alarm, but anyway. it's, yeah, like I, I feel like I just, my body just knows that I at least want to see like the second half. So um, I typically probably wake up like halfway into it and then take a look at what's going on. And if it looks like, you know, they're on record pace or um, there's like a big pack or something, then I probably see it through to the end and try to go back to sleep or just get up and run and then do the whole re pajama thing, which I also love. So yeah, you do <laughs> that's love a whole other topic. Thing. Oh yeah, my God. I love true. the re pajama. That's good. <laughs> so. and maybe maybe as, as we're starting to think about, as we're starting to think about, you know, 20 or holiday editions of the podcast or maybe like, like ways to kick off 2023, we can have an entire hour devoted to Michelle's psychology of the re pajama. <laughs> it's it's the best and anybody who has engaged in it or knows what i'm talking about would agree with me i believe i put money on that so awesome very anyway. good very good eric thanks for being here man hey you're welcome this was fun i really enjoyed hearing about this thanks buddy i appreciate your indulging me michelle it's always fun yeah. to talk to you but particularly when we're talking to you about me <laughs> i bet yeah i figured you'd like this one i, I wanted to do a send-off i didn't actually want to devote a whole podcast to you but i think it turned out great so <laughs> I'm happy that we went that way. So everything thanks, else can thanks. wait. <laughs> All right, y'all. All, All right, right guys. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks again for listening to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pleasantpodcast, on Twitter at pleasantpodcast, or on Instagram, Most Pleasant Exhaustion. We're available on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, so share us with your friends. Don't forget that we're sponsored by ITL Coaching and Performance, who you can find at itlcoaching.com, on Twitter, at itlcoaching, on Facebook, at facebook.com slash itlcoachingperformance, and on Instagram, itlcoaching. We're also sponsored by Blue Pineapple Travel, bluepineappletravel.com, facebook.com slash bluepineappletravel, and on Instagram, bluepineappletravel. And finally, don't forget we're sponsored by SlayRx. That's SlayRx.com, Facebook.com slash here for SlayRx. That's the number four, SlayRx. Twitter at official SlayRx. 
and Instagram here for SlayRx, the number four SlayRx. Discount code PLEASANT22. On behalf of Michelle Frank, Patrick Ollinger, and Eric Hall, I'm George Darden. Thanks for listening to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast.